How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Back. <laughs> great to see you guys great to, to be see you is nice great to meet you to meet you is nice i saw that as a meme that says great two meters two meters is nice and I was like, uh, very good excellent work internet very excellent that is good actually yeah oh, i must get my creep notes up here how are you guys all good any creep of the week for us this week guys uh eamon holmes Oh, well, you got to fill me in there. I fucking, I've only read the headline today. Uh, so Eamon Holmes was on this morning, as he is all the time. And he, <laughs> right? Uh, he basically went on a rant about how 5G has caused uh, the coronavirus and suggested that the mainstream media, which... I would have said Eamon Holmes very much was mainstream media and that he he was surprised that they weren't talking about it more. Uh, So obviously this 5G causing coronavirus thing is, I don't know where it came from. Weird. I'll tell you where it came from. Gemma O'Doherty. Oh, yes. (laughs) Gemma O'Doherty is lunatic. Is she's a believer in the 5G. And you know how the fire was set recently up by some 5G masks somewhere. And uh, it was in the news there a day or two ago. And the police then kind of released the news that it was definitely arson. They found like a, I don't know, what do you call those bricks that you put in the fire to start the fire going? Fire logs just down the bottom of the the mast. But this is, this is kind of chemtrail territory. It's a... It's bizarre. Um, so 
Eamon said on this morning, it's very easy to say it's not true because it suits the state narrative. I totally agree with everything you were saying. He was talking to um, Alice Beer, who said that conspiracy theories about it were ridiculous. And he said, I totally agree with everything you were saying, but what I don't accept is mainstream media immediately slapping down as not true when they don't know it's not true. No one should attack or damage or do anything but like that, but it's very easy to say it's not true because it suits the state. That's all I would say as someone with an inquiring mind. So Ofcom okay. received over 419 complaints complaints about Eamon. A banana rama. I bet you they didn't. Do you remember Eamon? He was a creep of the week before. Who was he absolutely he, going after? Oh, uh, um, the new, the, your one in Meghan Markle. He fucking went for it in the most bizarre. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely mm. awful. I'm not sure he released any kind of apology for that. I think he's lost his mind. I think he actually might. It might be in the process of leading. It's bizarre. Um, yeah. So, yeah, creep of the week for that. Live TV is dangerous. You shouldn't have someone like Eamon just uh, spouting off. Uh, but like the, he's their bread and butter mm. <laughs> you well, know what I mean like they need that kind of lunacy uh, I guess yeah. and they have his um, his wife what's her name Ruth 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 is supposed to kind of rein him in and roll her <laughs> eyes and be like oh Eamon you yeah, are I think, conspiracy theorist you I think that's the, <laughs> what's, how it's supposed to work, but I, I, that, that slipped through the net. Was she sitting uh, beside him at the, at the point of... I didn't see the video and I doubt they've put it on their YouTube channel because of the complaints. Like you, I often just watch the best bits of this morning on YouTube. Oh, oh, fair weather fine. this morning, fans. You won't Absolutely. even sit through the whole feckin' thing. I just you, like the best You just bits. want the best bits. I just like the bits where the Holly and, and uh, Phil can't speak they're laughing so much and when your man says my grandmother if my grandmother had wheels she'd be a bicycle <laughs> uh, that's a very good impression of, what's his name that. Diageo Gino 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 De Campo. yeah um, so I, when is your this morning fan pod kicking off lads uh, that was it <laughs> it's available now on patreon.com for this morning fan pod it's there 25 quid a month to throw it our way. <laughs> <laughs> Any more creeps of the week? What about the guards snapping pictures of sunbathers in the Phoenix Park? I didn't see that. What was happening what? there? <laughs> I just think it's not a good look for Gardy to be it's taking not. pictures of sunbathers. Even if you are telling them to move on, just do your job. Tell that them to move on. Just, that is lazy. Your job is not to take pictures and disseminate them on Twitter. That is someone popping out of the headquarters being like, oh, must be seen to be doing a bit of work here. Got to stick something on the socials. (laughs) What kind of social content does our Twitter user want? What is resonating with the nation right now? Oh, I know. Anger at strangers. (laughs) Tell me now, where are these photographs appearing? So it's on the Garda Twitter. Yeah, totally. And I don't think it's right. Like, uh, you can't see faces in this particular... Um, Rona there. Uh, Jen just snot rocketed. I presume just against the wall. Did you? Was there any receptacle for that snot? The empty chair. So, so in the chair beside me. I, I just... see that, Cassie. She leaned off camera, but she didn't go downwards as if into a bin. 
just literally <laughs> as what presumably is the wall. You're not I am sneezing into a bin. Well, no, but <laughs> I saw you. Into you were covering one. You were covering one nostril, and you were firing it. And usually, one would try to fire it into a receptacle. So oh. I saw you. I saw you. It was just transmitted now. You've just snotted it into a 5G uh, <laughs> transmitter and we're <laughs> shooting it out to everybody. I went out today, so I didn't know that this, I think this is like a sneaky thing. There's a coffee, a very good coffee shop, very close to my house, still open. And <laughs> oh yeah, I've got one too. Yeah, but like I said it today in a WhatsApp group that I was just popping out to get a coffee. And they were like, excuse me, where? Where is open? How far away is it? How many guards or checkpoints between my house and that coffee shop? Can I go and get a coffee? Um, and the queue, now obviously like I live in Dublin 8, so every second building is actually a coffee, coffee shop, shop that serves 3FE coffee. But, yeah, um, or like an artisanal mustard factory. Yeah, there's lots of, there's lots of like Meridian peanut butter and um, <laughs> sourdough on the go. Like as far as the eye can see. Yeah, uh, but this morning, it's obviously people have copped onto it. Now, the first couple of days, the first couple of days, I was just like, I'll pop into my locale and uh, support them. Now, today, the queue was genuinely 20 meters down the road. I counted it. <gasps> it was 18 Shit. people deep. Now, I, I believe feel... they are allowed to serve coffee with no sitting. No, it's it's not even a, it's not a sitting coffee shop even without. It's like a mm. little corner shop, coffee shop in the front, kind of hipster groceries in the back. Um you can get your <laughs> Meridian peanut butter. Uh, and you know that just... really fancy baked bean that's like in that black matte tin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots of that. About three quid a tin. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like my coffee today was twelve euro. But um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Because of her additional impulse purchases. It's ridiculous. Of matte black cans of beans. No, I didn't get the beans. I got um, six farm fresh Wicklow eggs. Um, but the, yeah, this morning the queue was like 18 people deep, about 20 meters long. And I, uh, I was on my phone and I accidentally sneezed without thinking. <gasps> and everyone like <gasps> turned around and was like, oh, who no. is that COVID fucker? Now, did you catch the Kathy delay? No, I didn't. I like you Where know, did you like, go? looking on your phone, I just kind of like like a normal sneeze where you kind of like make this half effort to conceal it a little bit. Yeah, you, you what you do is I remember thinking, uh do you remember there's a lot of mystery uh myths around sneezing that if you sneeze with your eyes open, both eyes will pop, pop out of your head. <laughs> uh but you know when but then you try to then succumb, so you close your mouth. And you hold that air hole back close and you contain the sneeze. Is that yeah. what you did? But it's still audible. No, it's still like, I just kind of... No, she just sneeze. let it fly free. Some I of did. it went on the back of the neck of the person in front of her. <laughs> I, gathered it in, I gathered it in a compostable coffee cup. <laughs> Organic um, sneeze, free yeah. range. So it was... Uh, I mean, it'd be, was as we discussed experience. earlier, better as a young person, better to have gotten the, the Rona and recovered at this point totally so i mean that could be that could be on offer it's like a tapeworm sort of doling it out to the yeah to the yeah we should actually do stuff. that like where everybody's like sharing their sourdough starter and stuff we should actually just create a spit into it a bit share yeah, just a little homemade artisanal vaccine and just be yeah. like go give it to yourself for a yeah. few days let it grow 
let it do its thing. It'll get real bubbly inside of you. And then yeah. in two days, you know, <laughs> you'll be free. Time, you'll be a perfect loaf. Have you seen I, that tweet from the anti, the quote unquote anti-vaxxer? No. He's like, I'm anti-vax, but I think that we should just go with this. If only there was some way that we could get herd immunity by each of us just getting a, a tiny strain. I have oh. seen this. Is this from our, <laughs> It's really is this funny. From, I can't remember who tweeted it. Oh, it's 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 actually um, it's from our favorite core and Jim. Yeah, <gasps> no. uh, he tweeted it a while ago. I think this is before. And someone responded being like, um, if only Jim Core knew how vaccines worked. <laughs> that, I went up on a cycle around Dorky today. That's not allowed. It is allowed. That's, she just wanted a snot rock. <laughs> snot rock. Can I get <laughs> a snot rock? Nobody rocket. is taking this shit seriously up there. Nobody. Nobody. It is fucking wall to wall old people nobody obeying the distance rule but sure jen that's brilliant they're self-selecting they're self-selecting leave them at it let them do this and not a cocooner amongst them no you're right even i saw the most flagrant thing ever bunch of teenage lads and i was like oh there they are shifting shifting (laughs) up pulls an old volvo with a very old man driving it to to drop his I, i i presume grandson to see his mates I was like lads what? yeah I think is there kind of an IQ thing going on there or uh, it doesn't affect the rich none of it affects the rich nothing does. ever does I guess not I guess not but uh, anyway that's oh I tried I was cycling around trying to look for um, what's his name Ben Affleck's friend Matt Damon Matt Damon Matt Damon, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. I'm telling you I, my theory on that is that that's a deep fake a deep fake Definitely. Like, Definitely. What's he shooting? Like, what's, 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 where did he get those O'Neills? That was a great tweet. He was like, best name ever for the movie uh, Matt Damon's shooting, just called Immersion. I got it. I was, I was there. I got it. So it was a great tweet. No way. Um, There's no way in hell. No. Um, listen, will we tell a creepy story? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you have? What do we all have? Um, I have, I have one with a, a fantastic first person interview from the OG creep publication, uh, our, our, our sort of, our Bible rotten.com. No, even better than that. Chat magazine. <gasps> the Torah. The what Torah. We, what's chat mag? The Chat Mag Jen. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too much. Like take a break. You know, with but all you the know, headlines like Oh um, sorry. My okay. sister ate her own arm so that I could be free. And yes. then slept with my fiance. Like yes. those scandalous, scandalous stories. That... Oh, do you want to hear a bit of scandal I picked up on this week? Yeah. You know Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Yeah. Remember he was married to a girl called I'm going to say Camille, Camille, Camille Grammer, right? Uh, wife of many years. She features on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I was watching an episode. During that episode, she let it fly that Kelsey Grammer and herself did a bit of ass play where, whereby she wears a strap on or used to. Now, she was divorced from him at that point. Pegging. Kelsey Grammer. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it might have been a bit of a dig trying to get like a post marriage. <laughs> whatever dig. I felt for it. I thought it was, <laughs> it was a dig. <laughs> it's um, very unfortunate, really, for the men's because, like, you know, like their she, G spot is up their asshole. And like, she made they just have to get over it. Like, he was sucking her off with it. I look. Sexualities fluid. <laughs> like watching Fraser Crane suck off this lady wearing it is just a little visual that kept me going. Yeah. I just don't understand who was enjoying that. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be the most like watching the clock kind of activity? <laughs> it's it sounded like it was his idea. Everyone no, likes like a you just you literally Yeah, but like as a woman a woman wearing a thing as he sucks you're literally a shelf like yeah there's you're not going to get anything from unless, unless she had it kind of coming like rubbing up against her in a nice way and, and she was enjoying the visual slightly sorry i just did such an day. unfortunate yeah. miming action mm. but like everyone likes a little you know feel like they're fucking the head of fraser crane anyway surely sorry and um, uh, thanks for that, Jennifer. I've got uh, internet shaming inception edition is my clickbait headline. And I have a meandering um conspiracy theory. Ooh. Excellent. Like Cassie, it. I think you should kick do you want to kick this off? What? Um or okay, Sophie, so whatever. Easy. Easy. Uh, well, Cassie. Okay. Good. Good on you. Right. So uh I've often wondered to myself. Um, you know that question that you kind of ask when you're in a relationship and or you're close if you knew someone who had committed a crime a murder yes would you turn them in I would provide an alibi for someone I really liked I've said it made it public my mother and I for example have an agreement okay and funnily enough, she was the one who started that conversation, not me, which I suppose speaks to my creep lineage. I think it would be it would be very interesting because like if, you know, like if your mom came home and was like, I killed someone, like yeah. I still can't imagine not loving my my mother and turning her in. But like. Yeah, but then know. you you're OK, if you if you do turn her in. Oh, sorry, if you don't turn her in, you're going to live in this world of feeling like someone's going to come in and get you yeah. the entire time. You will never be relaxed, truly. You would always be on your guard. Anyway, my story is related to that. So I don't know if you've ever heard about Trevor Hardy. He's your standard kind of serial killer. Um, he was known as the Beast of Manchester. Um, oh, yeah. He uh, was born in 1945. He was convicted of killing three teenage girls in the Manchester area between December 1974 and March 1976. Um, he was sentenced to life in prison and he died in prison 35 years later. But he was convicted after he boasted to his younger brother about killing uh, his first victim and his brother went to the police and turned him in. So his brother has spoken to chat magazine of all places <laughs> but of course about um about how he was raised as, as the sibling of a serial killer um 
So it started in, 19, in October 1975 when Trevor was 30 and he turned around to his brother, Colin Hardy, and said, I did it. He was gone for, a, they were in the pub having a pint and it was Trevor, Trevor's girlfriend and uh, Colin in the pub. And he... Um, and the girlfriend was there in the conversation. Yes. So... Uh, he was talking about a local woman named Wanda Scala, who was 17, who had been found uh, dead in July of 1975. Um, I hit her with a brick, Trevor, sa- Trevor said. So at the time, um, yeah, Trevor was 30, Colin was 22. Um, Trevor was a career criminal. So he'd been in and out of jail since he was 15. Um, he, he uh, Colin describes that his whole childhood was basically him with his mother going to visit his brother in detention centers. He was a vicious bully and Colin says he was always terrified of him, but he'd never thought he was capable of murder. So when Colin turned around, I was like, I don't believe you. His girlfriend jumped in and said, yeah, it's true. And she uh. said that if Trevor ever went or if Colin ever went to the police, the girlfriend would give Trevor an alibi. Did you already say where they came in the family? Who is older? Trevor. Uh, Trevor's eight years older than Colin. Okay. All growing up in Manchester. Um, So after the pub, they went back to uh, Colin's house. um, And uh, they all went back to Colin's house and Colin's girlfriend was there. And Trevor uh, was like, oh, I'm starving and made Colin's girlfriend make him food so like Colin was terrified of him anyway uh he turned around he realized the time and he said to Trevor oh you're going to miss the last bus and Trevor proceeded to beat the shit out of Colin knocked him unconscious Jesus yeah um and then while he was unconscious still insisted that Colin's girlfriend make him beans on toast so the well, next day it's not a sadistic anyone. yeah but like, obviously just a complete psychopath. So the next day, Colin uh, was talking to his girlfriend. He told what happened and he was like, I can't stop thinking about that poor girl and her family. I have to do something. So he went to the police. Um, she, the girl who had been killed had been uh, hit with a brick and sexually assaulted. Uh, the body had been found the next day, partially buried on a building site. Um Jesus. Yeah. So, but what happened was Colin went to the police and Trevor's girlfriend did exactly as she promised she would do. And she gave an alibi to the police. So Trevor was let go and uh, got a suspended sentence for beating up Colin. And he was back on the streets of Manchester. Um, But Colin warned officers he'll kill again. And he knew that Trevor would come after him wanting revenge so he spent the next while basically turning his house into a fortress putting up locks and bars on the window trevor broke in the police came in time but like for months they just lived in absolute fear that he was going to come beat the living shit out of him or kill him um and then in march 1976 so about six months after uh trevor had admitted to so Trevor had admitted to killing the first girl in October. She had died in the July. So nine months later, since the first killing, another young girl is found killed in Manchester. 
Sharon Mosev was this girl's name. She was 17. She'd been on her way home from a night out when she was the same, hit, sexually assaulted, and she was found dumped in a canal. Um, Colin knew instantly that it was Trevor. Uh, and furious and devastated, he phoned the police and asked for one of the top detectives. Um, and he was like, I know, you know who you should be looking for. Um, Trevor was also suspected of attacking a woman in a, in a pub toilet, squeezing her throat, causing her to bite off, causing her to bite off part of her own tongue. Oh, gone. this guy's a fucking animal. So total psychopath. Then he'd gone into hiding. So it was several weeks before officers tracked him down and arrested him again. And this time the girlfriend caved. She admitted that she wasn't with Trevor when Wanda was killed, nor should she, nor could she give him an alibi for the night Sharon was murdered? So she recanted her first alibi and said that she didn't have an alibi for him the second night. Um, there were similarities in the two murders, uh, marks and stuff. Um, marks and stuff on their bodies. So Trevor was charged, held on remand, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, he confessed to both the murders and a third. So in two years previously, in 1974, there had been another girl, a 15-year-old girl, Janet Stewart, uh, known as Leslie, because her name was Janet Leslie Stewart. Um, and she had vanished on New Year's Eve. She had arranged to meet up with her boyfriend, never showed up. Um, the, uh, her family had launched an investigation and, and a search and put up posters around the city, but she was never to be found. Trevor confessed he'd come across Leslie on a dark uh, night, the night she went missing. He stabbed her to death and then buried her in Newton Heath. He confessed that over the following months, he returned to her grave um, and would break apart her corpse to conceal <gasps> it further, oh. explaining why she was never found. Jesus, uh, Trevor, yeah. what the fuck? So He's a fucking animal. Three, yeah. He was charged with the three murders um, and he went on trial in April 1977. Uh, but despite his earlier confession, he pleaded not guilty. Um, the evidence against him was totally overwhelming. But halfway through his trial, this is sort of a thing. Maybe this will go into creep bingo. He hired, he fired his lawyers and started representing himself. That's a classic uh, narcissist move though. Isn't, isn't it? it? Just to kind of presume that you could do I'm better. I'm smarter than everyone else. Um, anyway, he ended up then pleading guilty to manslaughter by reason of diminished responsibility. He tried to persuade the jury and the judge that he was insane. Um, but he was sentenced. He was found guilty to all three murders. Um, so... He tried to claim that he hadn't meant to murder any of the girls. He said he'd mistaken Leslie for a, a, an old girlfriend who'd broken his heart. Um, he said that he killed Sharon and Wanda in muggings that had gone totally wrong. But uh, Trevor, or Colin, oh, so Trevor's much brother. Colin, his brother, says that it's all absolute nonsense, that he was an evil monster. Uh, they nicknamed him the Beast of Manchester. Uh, and basically Colin goes on to say that like he deserved worse than life imprisonment in prison life in prison and the last time he saw him was that time of the trial 
Uh, but then he says that his evil legacy has haunted him for 35 years. He was always known as the brother of a serial killer. Yeah. By association and someone to avoid. Do you remember in the Can Amazon? Ask... Oh, oh sorry. To... Oh, I was just going to ask what was the chat headline accompanying the piece? Um, how being the brother of a serial killer ruined one man's life, which is quite tame That's for them. Very reserved for chat. Yeah. I would have said beast something brother beast Fight brother back. yeah yeah uh do you know do you remember the amazon the latest amazon bundy doc yeah docu-series and uh ted bundy's brother featured really heavily in that yeah yeah fascinating and he his he, little brother yes similar kind of age gap about eight years if i remember correctly mm-hmm. and uh it was just fascinating to hear it from his perspective although and to see the fallout even though they were quite estranged for a lot of Ted's adult life, like the brother was broken. Oh yeah. So so broken by it. But he, he admired Ted and he loved Ted. There was no kind of, he wasn't afraid of him. And, you know, and Ted would seem to kind of take him away on kind of camping trips and all this garbage, which he had no, he says he had no idea that Ted Bundy could ever have done anything like this, but it was really Mm. kind of really, a tragic like, thing having sure. a killer in your family like it's oh just, yeah it's like a kind of a trauma and a betrayal you could it's also from. i guess really uh disturbing because colin went to the police twice yeah saying that it was trevor and kind of wasn't taken seriously I this mean, is very like the unabomber mm, you oh, know yeah, what um, no well the sorry were you gonna say Cass? uh no there's just a little bit more on the story that he uh, uh colin is still alive but trevor died in um colin's 66 now but trevor died in 2012 and uh when he died colin got the whatever the contents of his cell Mm. and in it he had loads of writings um, loads of documents and he found like case files medical reports weird documents letters from family members really disturbing writings and um, he wrote Trevor wrote prolifically about his victims and other unsolved murders don't know if he confessed and just say whether he confessed to other unsolved murders but like was just obsessed with it so um, basically Trevor or Colin concludes that the only way that he ever could be free of Trevor was to hand over these documents to forensic medical experts basically trying to understand why his brother was so so evil did he go into it all i guess i'm guessing they had a similar upbringing did he have any like insights into how no like he doesn't he doesn't mention uh their childhood only to say that like he was a bully from a really young age and that like he was constantly in trouble with the law that he went to detention he was in detention centers and Mm. You know, isn't that ultimately the scariest? It's the scariest thing about Bundy and things like that. There's no, when there's no like direct, you know, we can't just pinpoint it on a, a, a load of abuse or a particular head injury, or it just means like. I think the head injury thing freaks me out more than anything. Oh, I have a three year old right now and oh, I'm just yeah. watching him head, head injury injuring himself <laughs> constantly on the daily. And I'm like, God damn it. Um, yeah the unabomber um brother thing was really interesting because you know the way um the unabomber um released like a manifesto 
like yeah. of his writings and um the fbi decided to publish it and i think they published it in like the new york times and the washington post and like a few big yeah those two to see if anyone would recognize the style of writing because it was very you know uh uh unique and it was his brother-in-law sorry it was his sister-in-law who first recognized it said oh my god this sounds like ted krasinski ted his her another ted and she showed it to her husband and was like this sounds like your brother this massively sounds like your brother and they made the decision to to give his name to the authorities mm. now i think there eventually was more to it in terms of his capture but yeah they, they did dab him in like hell yeah and it's mad there you have it you but should job in your family members because they're likely to uh to to kill again but like i know my mom now and it would be a one-off probably a crime of passion things would have just escalated and i know she'd be sorry <laughs> i i'd say siblings will turn on each other no fucking problem that's it yeah. that's it isn't it it the it, the issue might come for a parent would a parent turn on their child i'd say there's almost zero cases of that mm, except for when the parents like in fear yeah themselves i see yeah 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 the um, fear element that's a tip for all kind of serial killers out there just don't shit in your own doorstep <laughs> you know yeah because that's Stay on the good side of your mom that's what exactly that's what's gonna fuck you up in the end mm. good tip good, good tip. tip for them um, thank you cassie beautiful i'm just uh i'm just kind of i googled there it's funny i googled as you were talking i googled the what was it the beast of manchester oh yeah and in my lots of other sort of beasts like people cropped up on my screen but they keep referring to the be- the beast of Manchester as the forgotten serial killer. Did you come across that? Why? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. Um, I think that they, I think just because he's, even though he, despite murdering three people, he's not one that is talked about often. Gotcha. Like how many people did, uh, who's that famous UK serial killer? Has a funny name. Uh, Fred West? No. Ripper? The Ripper? Jack the Ripper. People are <laughs> like, I can't believe. Can't believe you just had to ask what Jack the Ripper's name was. I, I know. Just, I came <laughs> across this fucking beast from Jersey and I, I'm not going to <gasps> Oh my God, that story. Have you seen uh, the picture? That is that's a, what I'm looking at. The so picture you, is so if freaky. If you're listening and you're on your phone, just quick Google. So we sh- just Yeah, we should headlines. do the Beast of Jersey I don't sometime. Know, I just don't it's a crazy story. Stuff. It's a beast of. I'm not. Oh my god! I came across a ridiculous, horrific murder today that I will never ever cover. That is going to haunt me for a long. Can you give us? Will you send me a little link to it, just in a private email, please? I won't do it on the creep dive. It's just for bedtime tonight. I actually don't know if I think I was. I was thinking of you of not doing it. What is it? Is it child related? Her moniker, yes, was. the the womb raider. <gasps> I know that story. Okay, <sighs> thank you. There's actually a few of those. It's so bizarre. So, what's your flavored like... creep today? Let's see if you can bring us back from the brink. 
Okay, I'll bring us back because I don't, it's like, I mean, like It's a, a bag lot. that I thought that was fairly light. I was about to say a lot would be lighter than that. I thought it's not That light. was light, Kat. That was light. It was just then our further chat that took it. Yeah. Took it's it like, that's, just some, that's just some standard murder. All right, it'd be great if I went next because bedtime is about to uh, commence oh, in the room please. beside me. And uh, as, as nice as uh, Moida chat is for young children at bedtime. Um, okay. Also, apologies for Sonny on the mic. He's a very oh, loud eater. So mine is called Internet Shaming Inception Edition because basically this is the story of how four people who had never met all got into an absolute bizarre internet scrum of life wrecking. Um, and some of them kind of unbeknownst to others as you well. Know, sounds okay, like so the next fix, Netflix film. It's definitely Inception. Uh, yes, it's uh, Inception levels of confusing, but I'll try and make it as clear as possible. So we kick off in, oh yeah, and also like, we're covering a lot of ground here. So we're going from Alabama to California to Auschwitz. Oh, so, lovely. Yeah. So let's just see how all these things came together to form a, micro, a colossal shit storm in the life of one woman. Okay. So in 2014, there was a teenager called, very Americanly, Brianna Mitchell. Very and. Nice. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, so she's from Alabama and she was in um, Icewich on a school trip. Um, and she took a selfie at Icewich um, and posted it to her social media. Just as an aside, it's so fucking strange to do that. I remember being in Icewich and there are people videoing themselves inside cells and things and thinking, what the fuck are you doing? Yes. Isn't that so odd? Like, who are you going to like, show this video? Like, to? who are you going to watch that back with? So fucking weird. But I think generally vi- holiday videos are bananas to me. Like, who yeah. are you going to torture with 11 hours of your trip to the Black Forest oh, or wherever? God. Not that I, I don't think Icewich is in the Black Forest. It's just the Black Forest sprang to mind. But um, no, like, absolutely not. Bizarre. Nobody needs to see your holiday footage. But anyway, she posted it to, uh, not to Instagram, to Twitter um, with a little um, smiley face emoji, baffling. And it was reported. She basically immediately was under your classic internet pylon of, you know, everyone uh, expressing... um, expressing judgment from I don't think this is right all the way right up to you should die you fucking cunt as is the way with the internet and it's very yes it's very varied people's reactions Um, and uh, so a a news site in um, Huntsville Alabama posted a story to its Facebook page um, and asked readers to share their thoughts below so Obviously, as is the way with Facebook comment threads, everyone was super measured and nobody's life got ruined off the back of something they wrote. Oh my God, asking for feedback in a Facebook comment section is literally doing a Ouija board. It's the model of welcoming evil spirits into your life. 
it's literally the evil thirsty Ouija board. Like the publication is like maha, maha, maha. We'll get engagement, engagement, engagement. And meanwhile, they're just watching people self-immolate in the feckin' comments, just setting fire to themselves. Anyway. I worked for a, um, a popular female digital publication that I will not name. Um, I remember being told one time to go bang my head against a wall until I died for a story I wrote about something that was happening in EastEnders. Is that even fucking possible? I was like, I actually responded to that one and I said, that is a very strong reaction to an EastEnders story. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not go deep on who that person was? No, you couldn't. But one time the guards had to be called because someone threatened to send their sisters to fuck me up because I had (laughs) story about how someone was renting out a shed for like two thousand euro a month and i was like this is obviously the rental crisis gone batshit someone's renting out a shed and the person who owned the shed okay rang the office and said their sisters were going to come and fuck me up so the office had to ring the guards and told me that i had to uh (laughs) watch myself going home Oh, comforting. Thank you, Angarda Shiakona. And so, like, did they describe... Obviously, they didn't describe the sisters. I'm visualising the Scissor Sisters. Uh, I I was visualising something similar. But, um, yeah, once again, just a bit of an overreaction. Nobody came to fuck me up. Um, Thank God for that. Yeah. Very strange. It's only a matter of time before someone threatens to fuck us up. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'd say it is happening and we just haven't seen it yet. It's, you know. I'm disappointed. Very I can't focus up now because, uh, because of quarantine, so that's good. Um, okay, so basically, um, share your thoughts in the comments below, aka why don't you wade into this absolute hell cesspit and a woman named Monica Glenning. Glennon, Julie did. Now, Monica is a real estate agent. She's uh, of Polish descent, which she's lived in the States for 12 years. She um, popped in with quite a moderate comment, basically saying that um, kids make mistakes. At least she was visiting the site and showing an interest in history and that the condemnation by an internet mob quote, shows the same judgmental and senseless pack mentality that led to this horrific time in history to begin with. Ooh, that's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a leap. Is it a bit of a leap? Well, it's a bit of a leap. Look, I, I, we, we all know the old internet adage: as soon as somebody compares anything to the Nazis, they've lost the argument. But at the same time, she wasn't in an argument; she was just kind of pleading for moderation she kind and the of, treatment she really, of this child who had made a mistake. She very gently called people a bunch of Nazis, or at least implied. <laughs> no, she said that the same judgmental pack mentality. No, no, no. Now you're being... Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> now you're being a Nazi. Now you're being an internet mobist. Okay, anyway, look, it was a, it was a comment. I mean, it, it's not it was not inciting I mean, you're not hatred. It wasn't um, being an apologist either. It was just saying she'd made a mistake and she was a kid. Um, anyway, a woman called Molly um, massively took issue with this comment. And she responded to a lot of the people in the thread. Um, and and like, look, her point was appropriate too. She was saying Icewich is a somber place for reflection and not a place for fucking selfies. And we agree. We all agree with that, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
Molly is uh, of Jewish descent and she basically is saying to some of the people in the comments thread, like, maybe you just don't have a full grasp of what this means for people in my community. And um, then, now this is where I think everyone needs to just turn the internet off. Oh, you're on board with my campaign. Oh, yeah. Running it for the last uh, six months. Basically, (laughs) everyone turn off the internet. (laughs) Make the internet uh silent again <laughs> yeah anyway so this is when maria glennon um w- wrote back to molly uh, saying Auschwitz isn't quote unquote her place it belongs to all and was a former killing zone of all including originally polish people so that's her community you know yeah 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 look we're getting into i would say dangerous territory uh, on, in so. terms of on on terms of internet use i would say there is no place for a discussion of something as complex as this in a place that refuses, refuses to acknowledge nuance and that place being the internet, obviously. Look, Maria Glennon, our Polish real estate agent, Mm -hmm. moved on with her day. She just was like, and that was that. On I go, what's for dinner? Molly Rosenblum did not move on with her day. She spent about a week stewing on the whole exchange i think she really really friggin' resented being told that Auschwitz wasn't her place. a place that belonged to her um anyway she was she said later by her own admission in at a low point in her life at this moment okay um and it was quite a low point she was uh at the time she was grappling with being a single mother to two sons in the throes of a full-blown methamphetamine addiction, which is going to make everything heightened, including Facebook exchanges and your reaction to them. And she was making very poor decisions, including kidnapping in 2016. Uh, (laughs) I wish I had more on that. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I know I went deep looking for the kidnapping charges and actually I could see the headlines, but I couldn't get into the sites. They were all blocking me from the, from EU. And I even went looking for something for like to use as a proxy bloody blan. And honestly, I, I couldn't do it, guys. But it was some kind of kidnapping charge anyway. And it is verified. So look, she wasn't in a good place. She spent a lot of time researching Maria Glennon, who she'd obviously boiled all her hatred into directing at. And she knew then um, that she kind of had enough honor to uh, potentially drop a bit of a bomb on her life. Right. <sighs> And so she, um, Molly Rosenblum, um, went on a website called she'sahomewrecker.com and um, fabricated this whole story about how she had used um, uh, Maria Glennon's services uh, in buying a home, her and her husband, and that she arrived uh, late one day to a viewing that had been set up by Maria Glennon and instead... Found, them in bed. Mar- found Maria Glennon and her husband having sex on the floor of the master bedroom on the lovely white carpet. Oh. That was actually a little detail included in the post oh. Oh. and um, posted it to she's a home record.com. And Which then I she- couldn't imagine is a website that has a tremendous amount of traffic. Well, wait for it, right? So um, basically that's when Molly just forgot about it and moved on with her day, having scratched the itch of rage. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a lot of these sites um, 
and they're kind of places for people to like just bear out their grudges Mm -hmm. and then you can publicize a person's misdeed and to anyone who basically googles that person's name and um it does so these website says the post must be factually true but it's not a problem for the website if it's found out to be completely fabricated because there's some like section 230 of the communications decency act which um protects websites for being res- responsible and sued for the things their users say like um, such as comment blah, blah, blah. threads and forums mm-hmm. exactly so anyway right Molly had written the story in August of 2014, like immediately after they'd had their row. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't actually published until the following year. And long after both Molly and Maria had forgotten all about each other. And so that's because all the submissions, this is so random. It's it's somebody's job to read all these submissions. Manually. Yeah. And then publish them. So bizarre. What a job. Yeah, so apparently the story like sat in a holding pen for about a year and then the site was sold. It's so random because it's so many different disparate little elements that all lined up to lead to what eventually happened. So um, the site was sold and I think when they sold it um, to a guy who also owned a site called The Dirty, uh, which is another one of these places where you can post stories about people just to fuck their shit up. And... So anyway, when it changed ownership, they must have dumped all of the stuff that was waiting to be published online. And that is when Monica um, went on Facebook. Well, no, sorry. She firstly got a call at 6 a.m. on the one morning in that September um, uh, from a colleague at her her real estate company. Her real estate company is called Remax. And... uh, the colleague said something terrible about her had been posted on the company Facebook page. And uh, so, um, sorry, I think I was saying the name Molly. I meant to say Maria. It's Maria Glennon, the real estate, not so Maria, the Polish one, not Molly, the one of Jewish descent. Sorry, just clarify. Anyway, so Maria thought firstly that a client had left her a bad review and she was obviously like, God damn shit. That's gutting. No, no. Yeah, yeah, we hear you, Sonny. It was a link to a story about her on the Home Wrecker site. And um, so it was, uh, yeah, also the, the story had really graphic detail, um, like disgusting stuff. And she, uh, well, it's I could only find that it was on the floor of the white carpet. <laughs> but every reporting of it says that it was graphic. So they'd also posted um, Maria's uh, professional headshot taken from her her bio on the realtor site that she works for. So it was like really awful because it was like her smiling in this corporate shot. And then it's like she bangs her clients on the floor of houses that she's selling. And this is all all just one fuck on a white couch away from disaster. Disaster. Yeah. And obviously the story was completely fabricated. And so then, right, why does it surface now? A full year after Molly Rosenblum wrote it and it surfaces on her place of business's Facebook page, not like a random Facebook page that somebody forwarded to her. So the person who had posted it was called Ryan Baxter. 
And uh, she, Ryan Baxter had also gone through Maria Glennon's own Facebook page list and sent it to all her family members, professional contacts and her husband with the message, sorry to be the one to let you in on this uh, to, to her husband, Scott. Oh. And like, so, fight, so Maria Glennon found the original Facebook post with the home record story on their Facebook page and went into the comments and was like, this is supposedly about me and it is complete fabrication. Then like a commenter called Amy responded, hmm, so why would someone make up such an extravagant yeah, story? There's got to be someone in there who's like, well, there's got to be some element of truth in it. You wouldn't be where there's no, there's no smoke without, smoke without fire. fire. Surely nobody would go to such ridiculous lengths. It must be true. Also, right, apparently the story, and we know, you you and I know, Cassie, how these kind of stories can snowball through the internet because a million other cheap shop websites will repurpose stories and repost them with kind of links back to the sources. So that's how the story of literally the real estate agent banging the client and the wife walking in ended up on a site called Bad Biz Report. (laughs) oh my god (laughs) where it was viewed a hundred thousand times oh god so immediately what does she do the google search results on maria glennon's name became swamped with this tawdry tale of real estate white carpeting and sex with clients she thought she estimates that she's lost about two hundred thousand dollars in business because nobody wanted to hire her either people selling their houses because they didn't want them to become sex dungeons for their saucy realtor or people looking for houses because it's a lot of the time couples as we know and um, she didn't want uh, her saucy realtor sexing her husband. Um, oh, my God. I know. So, And then she was going like, in, well, so Maria Glennon had no idea where all this was coming from. Just zero idea. Like, there's no way in hell she was thinking back to some random Facebook argument she had over a year before, for starters. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, she just couldn't figure out how it had ended up, like, on her work uh uh, work Facebook page. Maria Glennon followed the trail of Facebook posts and noticed that like Ryan Baxter, this mysterious person, like was taking time out of their busy day to manually post the story to like the walls of other people's employers and friends. And I mean, it's just such a bizarre use of that person's time. Very strange. Anyway, so uh, Maria Glennon wrote to all the sites Uh, that had posted the story, telling them that it was false, asking them if they'd take it down. On she's a homewrecker.com, not even the person who posts the story is able to take it down. It's so bizarre. So she had to file a lawsuit. Um, And she basically filed a lawsuit against uh, John Doe's, uh, um, alleging that it was copyright infringement because the original post had used her professional headshot. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. so because there was no like defendant in her lawsuit because she didn't know who to yeah to take know, it against to take it against she um, was able to subpoena the ip addresses out of she's a home wrecker and facebook to, ah. to get the identities of the people behind this whole bloody thing so a few months after she'd filed the suit okay. right um another uh, post uh, reclaiming to be the husband 
who had cheated with Glennon um, detailing the sex act appeared on another site called Report My Ex. So, so this thing is becoming an unbelievable clusterfuck. Um, so Maria was like, that really started to scare her then because she was afraid that like men would book her to um, oh, show her Jack. houses mm-hmm. and expect her it to rhymes with, with them. It rhymes with book. Yeah, exactly. And so she started having like her husband coming on jobs with her. Uh, as security so anyway through all the information that she managed to subpoena out of facebook and she's a homerecord.com she firstly discovered that ryan baxter who is the facebook poster Mm -hmm. was just a complete randomer in california whose name was hannah lupian okay no connection no connection whatsoever and right after hannah lupian was served with a legal complaint the Ryan Baxter profile disappeared from the internet. <gasps> and Maria Glennon has never, ever heard from her again, has never been able to get in touch with her. It was just a random hate-filled person who seemed to just get a notion and dedicated herself to disseminating this post far and wide. Presuming Bizarre. she was burnt herself and then took a... Who knows? I mean, I think what we have in the mix is a real catfisher straying into this story of public shaming. I think Anna Lupian must have been a catfisher of, you know, just like, and kind of just indirectly. But sort of fascinating that she just randomly weighed into some. You just know that? totally <laughs> weighed into it. Yeah. Now, Molly Do a lot Rosen- of digital marketing for like the wrong side. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Lupian, if you're listening to this, you know, happily post creep dive links all over the internet. Yeah, yeah. Actually, especially because she's American based and we're really trying to crack America. I think it could could be the next big thing for us. (laughs) So, right. Molly Rosenblum was another matter. And so she um, had been obviously approached by Maria Glennon's lawyers and said, we know who you are. We know you've done this. And um, Molly, instead of just... uh, kind of coming clean and contacting Maria Glennon directly and apologizing instead doubled down and she said that if Maria Glennon kept pursuing her legally she would protect herself protect in quotes by making their initial contact public right so like what could that mean I will tell you what it meant please do. and it's a fuckload worse than being called an adulterer on the internet she went to the comment section of the Bad Biz report, apologized for saying that Glennon was an adulterer, but did it, but said she did it because of Glennon's quote unquote veiled anti-Semitism. <gasps> Way fucking worse. Yeah. So her, the quote is while it's Mrs. That. Glennon is then not an, exactly. Yeah, completely. While Mrs. Glennon is not an adulterous woman, to my knowledge, she is guilty, in my opinion, of Facebook trolling the wrong person. Um, And uh, obviously, Maria was completely horrified because obviously this was more terrible and worse terrible things being written about her. And she herself says, I'm not a Nazi sympathizer. I grew up in a poor family in communist Poland. That's when Maria Glennon saw the comments and reached out directly to Molly Rosenblum over Facebook Messenger and said, 
this has reached an awful level of damage that you've done to me. Let's meet. Please ask me what you want to ask me. Like, Let's meet so, IRL. Yeah, IRL. And remember, this is now nearly two years after their original interaction. And this, this all starts because some young, young girl, Rihanna, posts a selfie in Auschwitz. Totally. And anyway, so they agreed to meet in a restaurant in Alabama. Uh, near where Molly Rosenblum lives. And like, you know, Maria drove there. They met and their meeting lasted four hours. And now they're friends. <laughs> Not well, quite. Because, but I, Maria, came, yeah. Maria came away from it saying that like she had thought I was this mean rich bitch and that that's the problem with social media. You just make these assumptions about people. Um, after meeting me, she signed an affidavit admitting everything okay. she did she had done like lying about her and uh agreed to not to pursue the legal case on well uh, maria uh, maria or marina it's just so bizarre like basically that seemed to just that just seemed to satisfy molly rosenblum this four-hour meeting and so she signed the affidavit she went back to the comment section of once again bad biz report to retract what she'd said and apologize and she wrote she wrote on the message board mrs glennon is in fact a kind and compassionate person with whom i share many common values please accept my deepest regret for the harm i've brought to the lives of her and those whom love her wow it's kind of like the damage is done though it's two years as well since it's all kicked off in maria glennon's life the damage is done it's so bizarre how does she come what happened then what happened then was uh, that we can't get any more information about Maria or uh, Molly Rosenblum because she was sentenced to four years for kidnapping. Oh, for fuck's sake. Unrelated to this story. Yeah. yeah. Just a separate, Just fucking a separate mad thing. side mad thing. Yeah. And I remember I was saying that um, they couldn't take the posts down, even if you were the original poster. Yeah. So uh, Molly Rosenblum did try to do the right thing, tried to get the posts taken down and uh, there's no delete button. And um, also there's no kind of recourse for when the post goes viral and starts appearing on all these other sites. No. Yes. So even for people who might post in haste and then regret it, Eh, eh, eh. you're not getting that off the internet you may not get it off the internet but it does sound like in america you can pursue the original poster under with legal subpoenas for the ip addresses and various things so that's enough of a sort of a yeah but you know what do you know what that cost maria glennon a hundred grand in legal fees wow to get those ip addresses to ever 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 be able to track down hannah lupian and molly rosenblum as being the the root of the whole problem and like if you don't have a hundred grand which people do not you've got nothing and your google search result is absolutely screwed for for the for right for life like this is a tactic that like we've seen in um across any of these kind of online uh, organizations that work in propaganda or campaigning that are illegitimate. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They Are will you... they will create a load of fake posts about someone. Fuck loads of um, SEO and will basically destroy someone's reputation by just making them appear with negative stories on uh, 
on the first page of Google. And if you don't so. go, nobody goes beyond page one. No, but if you're not a politician or a famous person and with your name directly attached, you could change your name. Well, we have the right to be forgotten. So yeah, have in e- Europe. That's that basically you can contact the media owner and I think a certain period of time has to pass, but you can, you can say, I want to enact my right to be forgotten and for you to remove, you are forced to remove that piece about me. How mm. interesting. And that's our European protection. Yeah. For, yeah. From something like this. Yeah. In the U S wow. you have to pay for it. Yeah. Like as in, in the U S you have to employ a company to drown out the Google search results. Yeah, um, that's the way, like that's the way to do it is to basically bury it. Yeah, like so a company has, will if you employ a company, they will like create loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of fake blog spin. posts and oh yeah, like random stuff. Like if you're a normal civilian, it will just be like blog posts and yeah, like it's such a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. And it, it also because they're constantly yeah. fighting the kind of you know the way the algorithm or sort of they think the algorithm of google works by popularity and things like that so if people are still clicking on the original posts that you're trying to hide then you're constantly trying to bury them again and it's it's like a lifelong activity of trying to bury your bad press it's mad and then there's like people like there's and there's no kind of sense to it there's no fairness so like for example somebody like this maria glennon like has to pay a hundred grand you know, in legal fees to eventually get to the bottom of this. And thankfully now, when you Google her name, you get much more reporting of this story rather than reporting of the original supposed adultering. But like in the, say in the UK, with the right to be forgotten, like you could have somebody who really did commit a crime, somebody who, you know, was convicted of like an assault or something like that. And you could, they could have their right to be forgotten and acted in a a matter of years. And, you know, it's just, there's no rhyme nor reason to it. And it's mad that like your reputation on the internet could be as, as important, if not more important, like than what real physical belief people in your vicinity believe about you. Do you know what I mean? It's totally terrifying. So that is the end of my inception levels of internet shaming. But yeah. Very, a very worrying story. Just kind of feeling of unease <laughs> just creepy. Now very after creepy. that one. Thank yeah, you like just somebody could just take it into their heads and just absolutely fuck your shit up for the well, hell of it. How bizarre. On a light note, we've been yes. requested by a very nice gentleman to say a happy birthday. Yay. <laughs> to Orla. She's 30 next month. So let me see. I'm guessing that's in May. Happy 30th. Orna, spelt O-R-N-A-G-H. Happy From birthday. birthday Stephen with a V. Thank um, you for listening. Orna's a big fan, apparently. And uh, I'll get working on the merch so you can buy her a birthday present. Oh, you're very good. Um, thank you all for joining us again. I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this creep. Join us weekly uh, on patreon.com forward slash the creep day on Thursday evenings at half seven, where you can participate in a live creep with our 200 closest friends. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a load of fun. Uh, they're also available there the next day if you can't make it. So you can sign up now from as little as $4 a month. Most coffee shops bar the one beside me that's open, probably legally are closed. So you've got spare change. Come on over. We'd love to have you. Um, uh, we were just discussing there. It's like the in-person shows. I mean, you reckon not for a long time, potentially. What did yeah. you hear, Cass? 
Um, I ju- I was just reading the advice of a a world uh, health expert who said that large mass gatherings, a la a creep type show, uh, should not be considered to at mm. least twenty twenty one. Realistically, our I mean our schedule of all the live shows that we had planned for the summer are sadly cancelled. We had some. So buttons. if you were going to come and you're listening now, you could donate us the money you could become a patron that we and that would be great for us and good for you too because you get to watch us in that's great on, value. In video form and it's good value mm, yeah value. you get four extra episodes a month basically and you get the fun of the interactive element the chat box be bopping and mm-hmm. the episodes get a bit looser we have creep bingo coming up we Ooh, yeah. have uh creeps in love which is our like creepy classifieds you could meet the creep love of your life on one of our live zooms um so do come on over there and also thank you if you're there already we love you we genuinely Deeply. love you we love you best bye 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 you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.